With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. to research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and I want to welcome the callers and chatters to research at the National Archives and Beyond. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. If you have logged in as a guest and you wish to participate in the chat, you can sign in through your Facebook account or Blog Talk Radio. I will also open the lines in the second half of the show so that you can ask questions or make a comment. Following the show, you can continue this discussion on Afrogenius.com and research at the National Archives and Beyond Facebook page. In fact, please like both pages. And if you like the show, push the little button and push follow, and you will get a notice every time this show is ready to go on the air. Well, tonight's show will focus on the Slave Dwelling Project with Joseph McGill. And since 2010, Joseph McGill has spent a night in over 50 slave dwellings in 13 states all in an attempt to bring much-needed attention to these often-neglected structures. Known as the Slave Dwelling Project, it has been successful in highlighting the stewards of properties that are doing all that is necessary to preserve, interpret, maintain, and sustain these structures. The project has also identified many structures that are in desperate need of restoration. What started as a personal quest has now evolved into a not-for-profit organization. This is not Joseph McGill's first time on Blog Talk Radio. He was on during the very early stages of the Slave Dwelling Project and has so much to share with us tonight. 
So I'd like to welcome Joseph McGill and also welcome the high school group and chaperones from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that are spending the night with with Joseph in a slave cabin at Hopsuey Plantation in Georgetown County, South Carolina. So, Joseph, welcome to Research at the National Archives and Beyond. I am really looking forward to you telling us what's going on at the slave dwelling that you're staying in right now. Yes, Bernice, thank you. Thank you for the invitation, uh, and it's a pleasure to be on the show for a second time. Yes, uh, tonight I will be spending a night in the slave dwelling here at Hopsaby Plantation in Georgetown County, and really looking forward to it. This will be my fourth time staying in this particular slave dwelling, and because it's my fourth time and because the stewards of this property get it. Uh, I don't have to sell this thing to them. They know it's about the space of that slave dwelling and making sure that the story of these places are interpreted uh, because, you know, without these places, those big houses, you know, wouldn't exist. So I, I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, Frank and Regine Beatty, the owners of the property, uh, has allowed me to stay the fourth time. And tonight, Yes, I will be joined by the group Marquette University High School out of Wisconsin, and we've been quite busy for the last two days or so. I met them in Aiken, South Carolina uh, at Cathwood Plantation where we did some cleaning of uh, a structure there. Uh, We stayed in the old Charleston jail last night. Uh, This morning we went to... Morris Island here uh, in South Carolina where the movie that took place, or excuse me, where the, the battle that took place that was portrayed in the movie Glory actually happened. We went to Fort Sumter, and uh, now we're at Hopsawee Plantation here in Georgetown. Well, that sounds really exciting. Now, before we even start talking about Hopsawee Plantation, Please give us just an overview of the Slave Dwelling Project, your mission, your purpose, what has been your strategy. Just help us understand what this project is all about. Yeah, this project is about slave dwelling and and bringing much-needed attention to these slave dwellings, ultimately hopefully bringing resources to help restore some of these places. a lot of the sites where I've I've laid my head, you know, the 56, 57, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to lose count, and, of course, that's a good problem to have. Uh, you know, they're capable of, of of me sleeping there. However, some, um, you know, were a little little suspect, a little questionable. They, they need some, some help. But I've come across uh, many more that if they don't get some attention soon, you know, they may not be with us when this year ends. So you know, I want to ultimately be able to identify uh, you know, a pot of money, some funding that can help stabilize these buildings. And if we can stabilize these buildings, you know, we could kind of coalesce around that effort and maybe get uh, a support group uh, behind these uh, buildings. Because I've come across a lot of owners with, uh, uh, with a desire but not the means 
to yes. to stabilize these buildings. So we ultimately want to be able to help some of these owners put these buildings in a place where they are, are at least stabilized. Uh, and, and, and we have been making progress towards that in at least uh, compiling a list of those places that uh, you know you know that exist. Luckily for us, just yes. last week, last week we we obtained our 501c3 status, so we are now officially a nonprofit organization. And uh, so with that, you know, it puts us in a better position to pursue funding that can help us, you know, achieve some of those uh, uh, goals that we have set forth for these structures. Right. And we're talking about structures that are over, some some of them over 250 years old. Some of them, yes. Um, you know, we, we're talking, we're talking uh, you know, those that are at least 150 years old, but, but those that are that age, in, in some cases, replace some that, are, that, that have been older. And some of these, some of these structures have evolved from the time they were initially built uh, you, sure. you, you take a, a state that was settled real early um, uh, in their um, uh, effort to, you know, support this institution of slavery. Uh, you know, some of those buildings were, were were built on these sites initially, and when you when you venture into that that 250 year old range, you you know, you're talking about northern states. You're talking about states where people, you know, don't usually associate with that institution of slavery. But the thing is, yes. you know, those states don't get an excuse it's just that it did not take a, a civil war and a 13th Amendment to end slavery in those states. And with that, uh, of the, the 13 states that you mentioned in, in the introduction, uh, two of those states so far are, are northern states, you know, Pennsylvania and Connecticut. And this year I will be adding the state of Massachusetts to the list. Oh, Wonderful. So how are you identifying sites uh, to spend the night? Well, initially it was a matter of me reaching out to places, you know, making that request, uh, uh, obtaining a list from the State Historic Preservation Office here in the state of South Carolina, and, uh, you know, making my quest, making my plea to, you know, the stewards of those properties and, and kind of listening to that uh, awkward pause once I made that, that, that plea because, you know, the, the owners of those places had to, I know, going uh, uh, around in their mind was, you know, what is this gentleman all about? You know, is he about reparations? Is he looking for artifacts? Is he looking for ghosts? And, and the answer is, you know, <laughs> none of the above. You know, it's all about the space. It's all about uh, making sure that these places are preserved, making sure that these uh, the stories uh, of the people who lived in those places, uh, you know, is, is preserved. Because, you know, once the place is gone, it's easier to deny that, that people lived in those places, people inhabited those places. People spent their lives there. You know, uh, um, it, you know, in, an enslaved people lived there, and that was their space where they had some serenity in in, in their lives. Uh, and but even that serenity could be interrupted at any time at the desire of of the slave master. And and, and that certainly held true for you know some of the females desired by you know by those slave masters and, and maybe some of his offsprings. And, and but you know that space was relatively easy. And of course, relative because we're talking about chattel slavery. But uh, that was a place of somewhat of 
serenity for them. Right. Well, you know, we do have a chat, and I have a very active chat room. I see the people in there right now, and a question has already come up. How are you able to convince the site owners that your goal and interest is preservation and not something other than that? You know, it, 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 it's it's easier challenge now. It's easier because, again, you know, they reach out to, to me now. You know, and, and, and there are still those out there that are, that are a bit hesitant, thinking that uh, this is some type of expose to kind of, you know, come up, you know, uh, you know come up after, after their property. No, it, it's not that at all. And, and I'm not... Um, I'm not uh, trying to dictate to people how their property should be used either. You know, um, I've seen some of these properties used uh, as rental space, uh, garages, uh, pool houses, uh, guest houses, uh, restaurants, and I'm okay with that. I'm 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 fine with that. All all I want these properties. Uh, these stewards of these properties to do is in, to interpret them for what they started out as, because if if they do just that much, just that simple act will acknowledge these places and acknowledge the people that that stay there, and that in itself is is a major step in the right direction. But are you finding that they are acknowledging that they were slave dwellings, even though they may now be a garage or a restaurant? Do they at least state that this is a former slave cabin? Uh, yes, I am finding a, a, a lot of that. A lot of people are forthcoming now. I'm becoming a clearinghouse for that type of, of information. And, and, you know, sometimes uh, it, it turns out to be a, a wild goose chase. But even those wild goose chases, is, is the chase is fun, you know. It, it, people reach out to me wanting to know themselves if, if this is such a structure. And, and the, the investigative part of it is, is fun also because I, can, I get to build, you know, relationships. You know, I started out two days ago. I was at a site uh, in, in, in Aiken, excuse me, Jackson, South Carolina, near, near Aiken, Cathwood Plantation. You know, when I, when I went on the, on the field, research of that place, I and the owner conclusively decided that, no, it was not a slave dwelling, but it was a, you know, a freedman's cottage. But, you know, that owner and I have, 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 have built a, such a relationship that, I, yes, I will stay there because it gives me the opportunity to interpret that period right after slavery, that period where, you know, there were some of us who never left the plantation because what other life did, they, did, did those people know? You had the elderly who had spent most of their lives on that plantation. You had children who had uh, uh, spent their, uh, their lives on that plantation. Their parents were sold away. They didn't know where they were. Where were they going? So they stayed there at those plantations so that's going to give me an opportunity to continue to build this relationship with this particular owner and use that property for educational purposes. Right. So during that so during that process of determining whether this is a, a a slave dwelling, just help us understand what what exactly do you do? How do you 
dated? Is there doc, do you have to go into the records to prove that this dwelling uh, was there d- during the time of slavery? Just help yeah. us understand what what what's going on. Well, you know, uh, uh, the the most important part of this is, of course, whether it's an antebellum building or not. Was it a building that was built prior to emancipation? You know, and if so, does the building have a chimney? You know, that's I think that's the most telling sign of whether or not it's a slave dwelling or not. You know, if it's got a chimney, then there's a good chance that it's you know it's a slave dwelling. And then I look at you know some of the nails. If it's a wooden building, some of the nails that were used to to construct the building. You know, it, was it a tongue and groove type? You know, was it a a, a log cabin? Or, or if it was brick, you know, um, can I find fingerprints in those bricks that um, that were actually a part of uh, bricks that were made by the enslaved population? So there are a lot of factors that can help me, can help tell me, you know, what um, you know what was the case, and, and help me investigate those buildings. Right. Okay. Now. How do you actually go about identifying the site you're going to spend the night? Well, now it's you know it's a matter of um, um, what I do is is every year, uh, right around November of every year, I try to um, have my list of the previous year, the, well the upcoming year laid out, and I reach out to folks, let them know that they're you know it's, it's time you know. Maybe sometime during the year, they may have given me an indication that they they want uh, they would like the slave dwelling project to come and interact uh, on their property. Now that's 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 what kind of where we start. But right around November of each year, I want to try to <clears throat> get that list laid out, and because um, I want to, you know, on the website, I want to put it out there that here is the upcoming year. In this upcoming year, here are the places that we're that we're going to be. Um, and and I kind of go f- go from there. But even with that, there are those places that um, that that just kind of pop up. Sometimes I get an offer <clears throat> I can't refuse. Because a, a perfect example would be, I got a call from Beaufort, South Carolina, and the owner uh, saw some publicity on the on the project and invited me to to the space. And I said, Yeah, this is good. I'm putting together the 2015. Uh, of the 2014 schedule, and I'd, I'd love to add that to the list. She said, well, wait a minute, you don't understand. It's it's rental space, and I'm between tenants. So if you want to come in and apply your project, you need to come now. So there are those also. Some folks give me offers that I, that I can't refuse. Now, as far as my out-of-state travel, uh, I, 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 let, I have to let the folks know that um, – uh, if they want it to happen, they have to provide the means to make it happen, and that has not yet been a problem. You know, if they want this project to to come and and do what this project does, they provide the means to make it happen, and so that's the, how I go about adding or choosing places to stay. Who provides the means? Are you saying that the owners provide? The, the, yeah, the the owners, the host, uh, you know, who the the invitees. Uh, when they reach out to me. Oh, okay, and that and that's how it it, it happens. Well, I still have lots of questions coming through the, through the chat, so I do want to get to some of those questions, but also I have some others to ask you. Okay, there's a question in the chat. 
What about the plantations where the cabins are no longer standing? However, you're still invited to that location. Well, that usually comes with a some type of program, not necessarily a state. You know, I do lectures. Uh, I help some folks put together some interpretive uh, uh, pieces that 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 are that are necessary for them to. Um, you know, to tell the whole story because, you know, there are a lot of places out there. Yeah, you're right. The the the, the structures don't exist. The places don't exist. But you know, at at one point, they, that was still a part of the storyline, and they shouldn't neglect to tell the story just because the structures are not there. Uh, I had a a, a beautiful opportunity just February of this year, I went to Montpelier, the home of our fourth president, James Madison. And uh, in addition to the the ghost buildings that they already have there on the site, uh, they uh, we built a slave cabin, a replica of a slave cabin, a log cabin that uh, is now on the footprint of the one that uh, existed there historically. So, um, you know, there are those attempts to tell the story through replicating a building. You know, when I first started this project, I kind of vowed that I would not stay in a replicated building. But then I had to think about it. I said, that's effort. That's showing effort. That shows that these folks want to tell the whole story. So with that, I thought that I would would, uh, be... Uh, indulge, and, and, and now I, I do that. If folks want to, uh, you know, replicate a building, I um, I, I, I certainly um, give them the opportunity to do that, and I don't mind interacting with them in that sense. So I have stayed in replicated buildings uh, just to award effort. Yes, yes. Oh, excuse me, reward you effort. You want to reward, certainly, certainly. Yeah. Now, since I know that you have the the group, of high school students and their chaperones from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with you. Please share with us what are they doing and how did they get involved in this project? Yeah, well, the way they got involved, they they uh, they, they found me um, on, uh, I had the opportunity to be at a, a, a panel in Gettysburg where the leader of the group, Chris Lease was also a part of the activities going on, and I, I, I think that how, is how he was initially introduced to the project. He, he liked what was going on. He liked where I was going with that. And, of course, being the, uh, uh, the sharp uh, history teacher that he is, he, uh, he saw that how it could benefit what he was uh, doing in his class. Uh, in, in you know studying you know slavery in the state of Wisconsin, and and when when he pitched to me what he was doing, I thought it was a little interesting because you know one uh, thinks uh, when one thinks slavery, they certainly don't think the state of Wisconsin. So uh, we thought that we could merge both things, and uh, and and we did that. So that's what uh, that's how we all came together. And how many do you have? It's 16 students and six adults. 
16 students and 6 adults. Uh, do you have anyone who would like to, to share with us what's going on? <laughs> yes, I have I have Chris Lease right here, and uh, I'm going okay. to put him on the line right now. Okay, great. Hello, Hello Chris. Hi, how are you? Great. Well, why don't you uh, share with the, you have a big audience. Uh, what's going on? What are you doing there? And is this your first time in a slave dwelling? I, it is. It is, and we are, um, I teach at, Joe might have just told you this, uh, but I, I teach at Marquette University High School in Milwaukee, and so this is mm-hmm. our, sec- our second Civil War adventure, and we go um, nine to ten days each summer. Last summer we went uh, to the Mid-Atlantic area. We followed the Ohio River east from Milwaukee uh, and um, went to Underground Railroad. We, we, on purpose, we crossed into Kentucky, took a small boat ferry, a car ferry, tiny, like two-car car ferry over the Ohio, uh, and then saw an Underground Railroad site to get that feeling of going from a slave state to a free state. And then getting, uh-huh. that, uh, getting that experience at the Underground Railroad um, site. Uh, and then we went, over, went out east to Gettysburg and Antietam and Washington. This summer, um, like Joe said, you know, we, we, we met at a conference and uh, we went. Now we're going deep south, and so to be on this plantation, you know, about to sleep in this cabin, and um, we were, we just had just an amazing group discussion, uh, kind of breaking down everything that we're seeing and, and, and getting the students' reactions and feelings. Well, last summer we we saw the effect of crossing the Ohio River in the free territory. Here tonight, we get to lay on that floor. And, and try to somehow, you know, um, try to somehow get get a feeling of what it is uh, in that that cabin where those people ran from. And the the whole idea of this trip, these trips, um, are to immerse. It's it's a history immersion trip. Meet. Oh, okay. Meet meet fascinating people like Joe, that help students um, really experience history. Wow, this is amazing. And how long have you been doing this? This is the second year. And then the next year, year. Next year we'll go throughout Virginia, and then the following year we'll go down the Mississippi all the way to New Orleans, and then we'll repeat. And so it'll be, you know, the, so every, it'll be a four-year cycle for these trips. And just, to, you know, we don't, slay, we don't stay in hotels. We either camp on battlefields, we camped on... Gettysburg, Antietam. Three nights ago, we camped on Chickamauga, um, or we're in college campuses, or um, we're in slave cabins or an old jail in in Charleston. So it's 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 awesome. It's a it's a great experience. And what's the age group of the students? Uh, all four years of high school. So um, we're an all all boys school, but we have. Uh, um, freshmen through seniors on this trip. And how long is the the school trip? And it's, how many uh, days? Uh it's nine nine nights, ten days. And how it are is. they selected to participate in, in this experience? Um I, I asked them to write a little uh um I asked them to write a little uh re- paper why they wanted to come. Um, and, and you know, just to, because this, 
as you can imagine, this is such an intense um, it's such an intense immersion into history. You know, like last night sleeping in the old Charleston jail or um you know, and, and, and sleeping in a in a slave cabin on a battlefield. But we, you know, we just had an hour and a half discussion on this on this back porch. It takes a special student to be you know, to be interested in that sort of uh way to spend their summer. And and so I, I try to be discerning in terms of you know, the, we we get the right type of student to to dedicate themselves to the, to to learning history this way. Well, it sounds like a, a wonderful way to learn history, and so I hope that many of them will continue to study uh, history, study the slave trade, study what happened to the people, because this is these are young people that have an impression and and I hope that the impression that they get from this is that slavery should never ever happen again. Right, right. And I you know we we get into those conversations um and you know we 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 just started digging into the the topic of slavery in Wisconsin and the idea that uh you know um Automatically, I think people think, and my students were were right on board. And I, I too, I didn't know the extent of it. That you know, slavery is just a southern thing, and it's those people, and and the, the, it was their problem, and and but it really wasn't. You know, a, a lot of our founding state fathers were slave owners, and they um, uh, and, and so th- th- there's a there's a commonality there, and, and part of this is. Um, let's really dive into what slavery was like down south, and, and try to compare that when we keep when we continue finding where slaves were in Wisconsin. Um, it, it's going to be a great way to uh, see both so see both ends of it. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Chris, for coming on. Do you have a, a student you would like to have uh, just share with us their general reaction to what what they're doing? Yeah. I do, I do, and thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank I, you. I'll pass my I'll pass on to my student Adam Armstrong. One moment. Okay. Hello. Hello, Adam. Yes. Hi. Uh welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. And for just, having us. Oh, thank you for for just being a part of this this intriguing and and wonderful uh experience. So tell us uh how are you feeling about what you're doing right now and where you are? Well, well one of the main reasons that I was so excited and intrigued to go on this trip was just it's one thing learning about it in a class, but another to actually dive into the history and learn it firsthand, especially with multiple people and multiple like historians who give very accurate descriptions on what we're doing and just sleeping in slave cabins and experiencing this sort of lifestyle that the slaves had to endure it's just really it's really changing how my perspective and I assume the majority of our class's perspective on what what the slaves had to endure yes so when you return back to um, Marquette, I mean, just how will you share what you've just experienced with the others in your community 
and other classmates, for that matter, who did not have this experience? Well, first of all, I'd definitely tell them to check out some of the sites that we have and definitely pay more attention to the Slave Dwelling Project because I strongly believe that it is a very important aspect of our history and we do need to preserve what our history is and not turn a blind eye on what has happened and really take an initiative and rather than deny what has happened, take a proactive stance and really try to learn from our experiences and help help in any way possible. Right. Well, Adam, what is your reaction to the slave cabin? Was it larger or smaller than you expected? Uh, definitely a little bit larger than I expected. We are not really staying in a slave cabin right now. It was more of a house a house slave cabin. So, I'm sure that the field slaves definitely had a much a much rougher time. And, but from what I have experienced and what I've seen so far, it definitely is by no means a standard of our 21st century. And many of our privileged, like lifestyles, blow blow out of proportion how they lived and how they had to endure such minimal standards. Yes. Well. It's certainly uh, not a, a dwelling that you will compare to current-day living standards, uh, and certainly not the big house. I, I'm, I'm hearing that from you right now. It's definitely not the big house. Well, Adam, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing uh, your experience with us, and please uh, tell all of your classmates that uh, you have a lot of listeners that are just enthralled by what you all are experiencing, and we certainly hope that others will take the example from from your school and perhaps do the same thing. So thank you so very much for coming on tonight. Thank you. Okay. Uh, back to Joe. Thank you. Hello, Joe. Oh, yes, I'm here. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back and continue this uh, discussion. Okay, I'll be here when you come back from break. Okay, and, and Joe, uh, Joseph Grant is saying, uh, hello, Joe, my brother. Grant. Let's tell Grant <laughs> yes. hello. Yes. Grant, he said hello. Okay, we're taking a quick break.
welcome back to Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and you can join me every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where I will have an expert to share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can also find the archive shows on my website, GenieBRoots.com. Well, you have been listening to Joseph McGill, the director of the Slave Dwelling Project, and we're going to just go right back to Joseph so that he could tell us a little bit more about the Hopsawe Plantation. Back to you, Joe. Yes, yeah. The pleasure tonight is the Hopsawe Plantation, fourth stay here on on this plantation. It's on the North Santee River in Georgetown County, one of those rice-growing plantations where uh, the enslaved population who were here were here because of their knowledge of growing rice. Um, and we're going to leave here tomorrow morning and, and visit a neighboring plantation, Hampton Plantation, which is which is a entity owned by the state of South Carolina, where I'm trying to arrange a stay, also here in the near future. Um, so it 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 will give us a relationship on what uh, existed kind of on these these two rivers that are, are, are closely related to each other, but you know, on one side of the river there's Hopsawee, and on the other side of the South Santee is is Hampton uh, Plantation. So we'll we'll get to explore that too tomorrow morning. On our way back to Charleston, uh, where tomorrow night I will spend, uh, we will spend the night at uh, Magnolia Plantation, the place that where I'm currently employed. So I'm really looking forward to that also, and uh, the group is is looking forward to it also we'll see if they can uh, can make it through the night we have uh, a few that are afraid of creepy crawlies but um hopefully we can we can overcome that and we'll we'll have a good night well since you mentioned creepy crawlies why don't you describe the dwelling and uh tell us is it similar in structure to other cabins you've slept in yeah, yeah, they are quite similar to a lot of the cabins that I that I've slept in. The fireplace is in the middle. It's a wooden dwelling, uh, raised um, and ra- raised. I mean, the flooring is raised. It's off the ground, and it, the the fireplace is in the middle, and it serves both sides of the cabin. It was uh, designed for two families, and uh, this is pretty pretty typical of. Of, of what I've seen, uh, one of them uh, has a lot of material for display purposes because, you know, this is one of those plantations where you know, they, they're not afraid of telling the whole story, so they interpret the slave cabins, so that you know that's a good thing. So in one of the cabins, you'll see more um, uh, more items that may have been used by the enslaved while they were here. On uh, on this particular plantation, and also um, one un- unusual thing 
about these is that the fireplaces are functional. The last time I stayed here, the weather was a little chilly, so we had fireplaces in uh, the fire going in the fireplaces in both of the cabins. So um, uh, every time we get an opportunity to, to light a fire in the fireplace, you know, we do that, and and that adds to the conversation. It makes the conversation a whole lot more rich. Not that we're not going to have any rich conversations tonight, but you know, those fires just tend to. Uh, tend to do that for you. And uh, tomorrow night when we go to Magnolia Plantation, we'll have the opportunity to do some cooking outside, some period cooking outside. Uh, we'll have some beef stew all prepared outside uh, over an open fire. Wow. And who's preparing the food? My coworker at Magnolia Plantation. Her name oh, is okay. Heather Welsh. Okay. Heather Welsh. Okay. Well, look. I have a question, or even if any of the students are on Twitter, and I don't even know if any of them are, but the the request is coming out. They upload some Twitter pictures to hashtag oh. Slave Dwelling. People want to see the students. They want to know what they're doing, so please oh. do that. Okay, Adam. Um, they uh, the, There's a request. They want the students to upload Twitter pictures, and um, you need to pass that on to your te- technologically savvy colleagues. Uh, um, Adam says he does, personally doesn't have a Twitter, but he'll pass on the message, and we'll get okay. some, some photographs up um, hopefully before night's end. Okay, great. Now, you mentioned creepy koalas. Yes. Are they going to have any? any, any well, you know, um, the first time I slept in this particular cabin, uh, as as me and my colleague were were about to bed down for the night, we closed the door and we looked up. Uh, right over the door was a snake skin. A snake had shedded its skin, uh, but we both had to convince ourselves that because that snake skin was dried out and old, that that uh, event happened uh, long long before the night that we were supposed to sleep in that cabin. So we had to make both we had to make ourselves believe that. Before we uh, uh, before we went to sleep, uh, you know the cabins that scare me the most are the ones with dirt floors. And since I've yes. been uh, doing this, I've come across three, um, and and I'm still not that comfortable with them. But you know, if I was doing this thing for the comfort, I wouldn't have 58 or so stays under my belt. I, I I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Well, tell me about those dirt floors. Are you worried about stuff crawling between the floors? Or? Yeah, well, the first one was Maryland, Sodderley Plantation, um, but luckily in that one there was a kind of half story uh, with access, uh, fixed access. So I went up there and I spread my uh, my sleeping bag. The second one was in Simpsonville, South Carolina, where we, 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 we pulled in and we dragged in a um, plywood and put that on the floor, and we put our sleeping gear uh, on top of that. The last one, which was recent uh, earlier this month in Madison, North Carolina, at the McCollum Farm, we uh, spread a tarp uh, on the dirt, and then we put our uh, sleeping material uh, on that. In fact, that's the uh, that's the most recent blog that I published on the uh, on the website. Uh, it's called uh, North Carolina Turtle Stew and Family Reunion. Oh, we have to go and check out that blog. Okay, North Carolina Turtle Stew and 
family family reunions. reunions. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 and what's amazing about that, you know, the family reunion is, is the most amazing part about that because on that property, my host managed to uh, get the descendant of the owners, slave owners, and the descendants of the enslaved on the property for the occasion of my stay. So um, that for him to have pulled that off was was amazing, and and and, and I'm trying to replicate that uh, at you know all of these sites. So you know if we can do that, that would be a major accomplishment. You know it would it would give you your genealogist uh, thrill if we could uh, pull that off at every site. Absolutely, absolutely. I wish, I wish, I wish that you could. Well, I'm going to open up the lines, the phone lines. So if any of you would like to call in and ask a question, please call 646-200-0491 and press 1 to speak to the host. And when you do call in, I will call out your area code and you will be live. The only request that I have is that if you are listening on your computer, please turn your computer down so that we do not get feedback. While we're waiting for someone to call in, please tell us a little bit about your best experience. Tell us the best, best, best experience you have had in a slave dwelling. Uh, well, I think the most moving experience that I've ever had uh, was Texas, Brenham, Texas. Uh, I was at a Seward plantation, and uh, just before we were scheduled to leave, we got up from the breakfast table, and the owner stated that he had one more thing to show us. And as we were about to get into the car, he he made us uh, aware that we walked right by it. And the thing that we walked right by was a uh, was an auction block. Uh, so both of us stood on that auction block and kind of thought about what one historically standing on an auction block would, would be thinking, you know, having to bury their backs uh, to, to indicate whether or not there were any marks on their backs because, of course, marks were an indication that they, would, they, they were whipped and uh, hard to discipline. And, and, of course, anybody doing the buying would not want to, to buy a slave with uh, a lot of marks on their backs to insert them within their population of slaves, giving them ideas of uh, insurrection uh, or, or things of that nature. So there has not yet been a, uh, in, uh, an occasion that, you know, surpa- surpasses that. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, these days, you know, with happy endings where uh, some folks, uh, particularly African Americans, you know, they have up until the point of my presence have refused to interact with the property, but because I come there and do what I do, you know, they come and, 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 and engage the property, and, and they usually leave there feeling good, wanting to be more engaged with that property, either wanting to volunteer there or, even, or, or maybe even wanting to um, do family reunions at, the, at that particular property. So, yes. you know, those are all good things. Certainly, certainly, which is a good thing. Now, can you describe the first night sleeping in a cabin? What uh, did yes you I think, yeah. and how did you feel? Well, you know, my first, my very first night is 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 you know 
years ago when this project didn't even exist as it exists right now, you know, the Slave Dwelling Project. It was for uh, a History Channel documentary that I was doing, uh, and the the producer of that documentary was looking for a little more substance for the documentary, so I told him about this idea that I had, and, and uh, he thought it was great, so we made arrangements for me to stay at Boone Hall Plantation in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And I woke up about 3 a.m. that uh, morning and to the sounds of dogs barking in the background, and I thought that uh, if it, this was indeed the time of slavery, quite possibly it could be people uh, trying to escape, slaves trying to escape and being chased by dogs. Oh, yes. Oh, but how did that, oh, how did that feel? Well, it was didn't it feel... Was it a frightening experience? It didn't feel comfortable because I was, you know, I was in that place alone. Um, and, and you know, up until about, you know, four stays into this project as as it exists now, you know, I was in the, I was in those places alone because, you know, by that time, you know, people were still trying to figure out my my angle. You know, I, I guess they thought that, you know, one, two stays, you know, this guy will get tired of this and, and, and go away. But, uh, you know, once they found out that I was serious about this thing, they, you know, they started signing on. You know, now I, I very seldom sleep in these places alone anymore. You know, people stand in line. They they, they, they want to, you know, they want to come and, and, and be a part of this. Uh, and, you know, when they when they make that request, I... I asked the stewards of the places, you know, if indeed it's going to be permissible uh, for those folks to, to stay. And, uh, you know, there's one gentleman who stayed 25 times. 24 of those times he's, he's worn shackles. He shackles his wrists together, oh, you know, to commemorate oh, wow. our enslaved yes. ancestors coming out you know, over on the Middle Passage, uh, you know, that transatlantic slave trade when they were chained to each other and chained to the ship. Uh, and and you know I you know I respect him for that. He offered me the opportunity, but uh, I couldn't handle it. Um, so, but that's uh, that's my friend Terry James, a fellow Civil War reenactor, who does that. Mhm. Wow, that that is well. What can I say? I mean, he's he's experienced in all the way. Uh, is 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 what you're saying? He is definitely yes. experiencing. Now, on the nights that you stayed alone. Uh, do you retire when it gets dark? Uh, just what do you do? Well, the very last night that I stayed alone was, I think, was about three stays ago in uh, Northern Virginia, and um, there were folks who who said that they would join me, but uh, I, I get that a lot. You know, folks said, "Yeah, I'm in." They'll they'll uh, they'll choose a date. And, and sometimes that date will come and come and go, and I I I don't hear from them again. Um, but this was one of those nights where some promises were made but never fulfilled. Uh, but you know what that did? It gave me a chance to go back to the basics. It, it gave me a chance to think about why I, I started the project, and and it kind of uh, you know made me honest to to this project, and and I needed that. I needed to be. I needed to go back and and and, and reevaluate, and, and and it reassured me that you know that I was I was on the right track. Uh, you know, we got the the conference plan here coming up in September. Uh, uh, we've we've got uh, you know a lot of good things happening for the project now, and uh, in you know 2014 has been a real good year. 
for the project. So, you know, it's all good. Yes, it sounds like it's all good. Well, you know, as I said, I do have a very active chat, group of chatters, and so I have a, a question coming out. It's about what do you hear, and do you hear the whispers or feel the presence of, of the ancestors as you are sitting there in a cabin, especially when you were there alone? You know, I'm glad that was presented, uh, and and. You know they 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 probably are reaching out to me, but I don't reach back. And here's why I don't reach back. You know I um, I don't want to get wild. You know these these people lived a life that they should not have lived. Even though their uh, their attempts to commu- communicate with me is uh, is probably with good intentions. Uh, yeah, I, I feel if 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 they even start to tell me or talk about their existence on this earth earth or their presence here on this earth and all that they endured that's that's a little too much for me i don't want to i don't want to carry on this project as an angry black man i uh, mm-hmm. i have to communicate with stewards of properties um who and i have to request of them that they allow me to come into their their space and and apply this project and and for me to 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 use an approach as, as if you know they owe it to me, um, that's not the attitude that I that I want to take. So um, I, I try to stay within the physical because I know that I have to you know go on to the next space and, and apply this project the best way that I can. Uh, and it, and it's all about preserving the space and making sure that um, you know the story of those people are. The story is told. Now, you know, if there are others who want to come and make those connections in a respectable manner, then so be it. You know, uh, they can come and do that. But but me, I, I just try to keep it here in the physical. And you try the, to you keep know. it in Yes, yes. And, and, and that's understood, definitely understood. Now, since you share with us your best experience, Share with us your worst experience. Well, you know, I think it still goes back to those dirt floors. Um, <laughs> they just they just do something to me. Now there 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 is uh, there's one state. There's only one place I, I refuse to stay because of, of the physical condition of the building, uh, and and I, I didn't totally disassociated myself with the place. That particular night, I refused to stay in the dwelling. I spent the night on the porch of the big house. Which also needed repair. And this was this is Laurel Wood Plantation that I'm referring to. It's in East over South Carolina. But now the 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 owner um, did just as he vowed. He restored the dwelling, and I've gone back twice to stay there. And both times that I stayed there, um, this the school teacher at Lower Richland High School, Mr. Shipley, brought some of his history students. The first year he brought two. This year he brought he he brought five students and they all shared their experience, and as a result of that last experience that the students had, uh, a beautiful a beautiful blog was written. Well, the title is, is at least beautiful. The title is called uh, I, it's it's called beautiful eyesore. Beautiful eyesore is the is the name of the blog, and I and I lifted it from. From an essay, one of the one of the students uh, submitted based on his experience in the cabin that night, and I thought that 
that title was so poetic, and and, and it, it describes you know kind of the intent of this project in those two words, you know, a beautiful eyesore, because this is a part of history we need to preserve, but it's not a it's not a pretty part of our history. So um, uh, so when one goes onto the website and, and and pulls up those blogs, please please pull that one up. Beautiful eyesore. Wonderful. Yes, it would be wonderful to hear that. So if someone wanted to spend the night in a slave dwelling, how would they go about signing up? What are your expectations of them? And just just take us through that process. Yeah, what I request is they, of course, express that desire and I require that they become a member of the organization, you know, by going on the website to 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 do just that. And of course, I would uh, seek permission if they if they identify one that fits into their schedule, then you know, make that request, and I'll 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 get the permission for them to do that. Or at least I'll seek the permission for them to do that. But if they don't see one that fits their schedule, well, let's make one. Um, you know, it, because what, what I'm what I'm beginning to find out is, you know, some people try to fit a square peg into a round hole by just looking at the schedule as, as it exists. Well, you know, this same this same property owner that restored the cabin where the school teacher has now brought two school groups, his history um, groups through their his history students through there. You know, the the owner is a little upset. Because he thinks the project, he he thinks the cabin is underused, and he has given me unlimited access to this space for educational purposes. So, if someone should not see something that fits their schedule, you know, let's we can create a stay, because oh, what okay. this does is it it it, it increases the network. Um, of this project, it, it increases the support for that particular site and other sites because these folks they're going to go and tell somebody about that, and yes. and, and that that that's what makes this thing work. Now, it does make it work. It because I, you know I had a show last week. Each one teach one. Well, you definitely want to get this word out. But are there some states that you will not stay in? Well. I will I will stay in every state that that gives me an invitation. Now there are still of the thirteen states that there are some that are blatantly blatantly missing. Certainly, you know those southern states where slavery existed. You know Arkansas is not there, Florida is not there, um, and uh, Arkansas, Florida, and of course there are those northern states where where those folks thought that slavery never existed. You know they, you know they're not there yet. You know New York, New Jersey, they're not. You know those places not there. They should be. They should be on the list, but they're not. Um, you know when I can get those places added, you know Delaware, you know all those places at Vermont. You know slavery existed in those states too, and they've got the buildings to prove it. So you know if I can if I can get to lay my head in one of those buildings, it, it will it will um, you know make the public more aware that you know the North shouldn't be shouldn't get a pass in this, yes. in this institution of slavery. 
Mm-hmm. Now we're going to take another quick break and come back because I still have a few more questions to ask you, and then we'll end the show. But I, just another little quick break, and we'll come right back. Okay, beautiful. Talk Radio, Joseph, <laughs> and this is the, the 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 last part of our show. But Joseph, we have questions coming out, and I'm just going to ask you these questions until we exhaust all of the questions and get all of the answers. Beautiful. First of all, we'd like you to describe the state and tell us: Do the participants arrive at a certain time? Share a meal? Then progress to the cabin? They just want to know. Tell us everything that happens when they get to the cabin. Well, you know, all stays are different, uh, and, you know, we try to get, I personally try to get to each site uh, no later than 5, five o'clock p.m. because, you know, I want to get there with enough daylight left in the day for me to examine the place and get comfortable with it. Um, the places I stayed in Tennessee this past weekend uh, staff members of, of Clover Bottom, Bell Mead, and the Hermitage all stayed there with me. So, of course, they were familiar with the space, but 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 I wasn't. But you know, I got there and I performed some public programs at all three of those spaces. You know, sometimes the hosts uh, request that I do some type of public program associated with these days, and, and now I insist that they um, include this in, in all the stays, and, and when you when you look at the all the blogs, when you go on the website and pull up all the blogs, you'll see that uh, at most of these past days, there's been some type of public program associated, you know, with these stays. Now, the stays themselves, now, what I, what I personally bring is a sleeping bag, a pillow, and a club. You know, just in case some critter tries to invade my space, if I get enough warning, I could I could use that club. Luckily, I haven't had to use it ever. Um, and of course, the visitors, I tell them to to bring the same material: a sleeping bag and a and a pillow. A sleeping bag and a pillow. Now, is there security around the building? It depends. Um, there was, uh, you know, in the case of when I stayed at the Hermitage last week and. Uh, when when I stayed at uh, Bell Mead, uh, when I stayed at Clover Bottom, yeah, there was security on on all three of those sites. You know, there are those sites where they're they're open to the public, 
They are in spaces where development is encroaching upon them. Usually, sometimes they come with security. But, you know, if they're isolated, uh, some are privately owned, you know, security is not uh, not necessary. Yes. And uh, is there much local coverage in the press? Yeah, usually that that is the case. There is uh, local coverage, uh, you know, in the press, especially when I'm I'm staying in a place for the first time. You know, the press is uh, they're pretty much all over it. The local press is usually pretty much all all over it. And you know, and every now and then there'll there'll be a, a a good national piece about it. I think the most recent uh, and the most noted and the most um, hits. Uh, uh, was the last year, October issue of Smithsonian, uh, I think has propelled this project more than any other piece done on it. Yes, which, which was a wonderful piece, definitely a wonderful piece. So, uh, again, additional questions are coming out. Uh, what happens when the place goes dark? Yeah. Well, hopefully, usually I'm... Um, I'm asleep by then, and, and there are usually noises emanating from the place. Some of my guests accuse me of snoring, but I don't believe them. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes, like tonight, there's no electricity in that cabin. So, um, you know, there will be some conversation until until we all go to sleep. Um, you know, last night when we, we, we um, bedded down in the old Charleston jail, you know, it was kind of like an open mess. We had about uh, uh, pretty much all the males in that one large open cell, and you know, all the females took their own space. Um, you know, tonight is somewhat different because we've got two cabins to to share amongst us. So with that, we we pitched a few tents on the on the ground, you know, right near the cabin. So that that's going to uh, the whole you know the excess. Uh, of people, so that we won't be as as, as crammed in the in the in that space as, as we um, you know as as necessary as we, we that's not necessary. So we won't cram ourselves in there in that manner. Now, of course, now that's kind of taken away from the experience of the enslaved because you know they had to cram themselves in that space. They didn't have a choice. But that's uh, right. You know, we do have a choice tonight. And do uh, do they stay up and talk, or there's definitely a go to bed time? Yeah, you know there is a you know we we usually stay up and talk as long as um, you know sleep doesn't creep in and, and get the better of us. But you know eventually that happens. Uh, but a lot of times we stay up until the wee wee hours and and just just chat because this subject matter, you know, this space, you know, just brings on this this type of conversation. Of course, knowing that I'm going to be in this space tonight with a, with a history teacher, um, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, we, I'm looking at, you know, it's interesting looking at just the, the chat, the chatters. So there's a question. Uh, do you have lanterns? and Are they battery-operated? Do you use candles, well, candles you know, and batteries? Some, you know, some of these places, some of these places have electricity. Because okay. you know, just as I talked about the dirt floors, there's yes. one there's one that I stayed in that was on the market for six hundred thousand dollars, and and the owner had a buyer, um, but she pulled it off the market because 
she was not thrilled with the intent of the buyer. So that the buyer was not going to honor the history, nor were they going to honor the, the, the tender love and care that she put into the property. So, you know, these places, they're all extremes, you know, of these properties. Now, uh, yeah, the one the night doesn't have any lights, so there's going to be a, a flashlight in there and so that we can, you know, spread our sleeping bags down uh, accordingly. Um, but, 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 you know, again, they're all extremes of these places. Yes. Well, you know what? It happened. So, yes. unfortunately, they didn't want to honor the, the facility, so they lost the deal. Okay, so do you know of any families, descendants of any of the slaves that lived in any of the cabins you stayed in? Yeah. Um, I have come across quite a few um, that um, that can associate through their genealogy, the place. And that place still is on, those places are still on this landscape. I have, this project has, um, has brought me in contact with, with a few of those. And better yet, there are some of those where the ownership of that plantation never was interrupted. In other words, the owners of the slaves, uh, you know, the slave owners and the enslaved still associated with that, still associated with, associated with that project, I mean that particular property. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, there's, Bratton, there's Brattonsville in, in McConnell, South Carolina, where the descendants of the enslaved still interact with the property. There was that situation in, in North Carolina, Madison, North Carolina, just three or four weeks ago where, you know, the descendants of the owners and the descendants of the enslaved, you know, met on the property. Uh, and that's, that's often, that, that happens often. You know, there are situations where a lot of African-American families have family reunions on the plantation where they were enslaved. So, um, okay. yeah, there is a lot of that going on. Right. Well, now, th this is the, the, the last question. Uh, well, there's, there's one coming out of the chat, but I'm going to ask you this question because I know that you have a slave-dwelling conference that's planned for September. So please tell us about the, the conference, uh, the date, location, and how can individuals get involved in this conference. Yes. The Slave Dwelling Project Conference, September 18th through the 20th of this year in Savannah, Georgia, at the Coastal Georgia Center. Uh, and hopefully within the next week, two weeks, we'll have the registration information online. But we have already some beautiful, some beautiful speakers and edutainers uh, scheduled for the, uh, you know, for the occasion, you know, Dr. Carol Van West out of MTSU uh, will be presenting. We'll have Mr. Michael Twitty, uh, the uh, culinary historian, presenting. We'll have uh, Aunt Pearly Sue and the Gullah Kinfolks uh, entertaining or edutaining uh, our guest. We'll have owners, uh, stewards of these uh, plantations, from the private owners, from the uh, state uh, in, 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 in national level uh, coming together to give you know best practices 
uh, Chris Lease, who the audience met tonight, will be coming from Wisconsin to talk about, you know, his his experience. Uh, my host from about uh, uh, three weeks ago in Madison, North Carolina, who brought together the uh, the the descendant of of the owner and the descendants of the enslaved will be there. The group coming to the table who special, specialize in bringing together uh, descendants of slaves uh, and the descendants of slave owners together will have a session there. So it'll be uh, very rich, very rich uh, an opportunity to, to for folks to come in and hear these educators, these preservationists, uh, these owners of these Places and and folks who just care about this uh, these these places these these buildings and, and the desire who who want to make sure that these places are going to be on this landscape uh, in in perpetuity. Come on, please join us in in Savannah, September 18th through the 20th. And if you want to know more, please go to the website. It's www.slavedwellingproject. Org. That's www.slavedwellingproject.org. Okay, great. Uh, so any any parting words of, of wisdom that you would like to sh- share before we close out tonight? Yes, discussion? yes. Yeah, you know, um, please know that this, this project, you know, with this project, it's all about the ancestors. It's all about honoring those people who, did not get the respect that they so rightly deserved while they were on this earth. And by saving these places, we get to tell their stories. You know, one one genealogist once told me that, you know, Joe, you you concentrate on saving the places and we'll put the people there. You know, that's why that's why my relationship is is so great with genealogists. I respect genealogists um wholeheartedly because I don't have that kind of patience you know, to do the kind of work that you guys do. You know, thank you. Thanks for, for folks like you. Um, keep on doing that. And, and I'll, um, I'll, do, I'll do my part to save those places so that y'all can continue to put those people in them. Well, thank you so much, and, and we appreciate you because your vision has now brought to the attention of many that the slave dwellings must be preserved. This is history. This is part of American history, but it's also a way to honor the ancestors. So uh, a comment coming out saying, indeed, we do appreciate your work, Jill Miguel. So thank you so, so very much for coming on tonight, and please keep in touch we will follow you, follow you wherever you are. I know you have a Facebook page. You also have the site, the slavedwellingproject.org. Everyone, please check out the site. So thank you so much for coming on tonight. Yes. And yes. everyone, go ahead. Yes, yes, Bernice, and, and thank you. And, and audience, please come to Savannah, and if you have not yet met Bernice, this will be your opportunity to meet Bernice at the Slave Dwelling Project Conference. Okay, everybody, so look for me and Savannah in September. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for tuning in tonight, and I look forward to you joining me next Thursday, everyone. I will have another show, and uh, just, you know, check us out. I, I have so many shows that are archived so that you can listen to those shows, and this is one of those shows that I wanted to rebroadcast again. So remember, everyone, um, your ancestors left footprints. There's four. You should follow the Follow what they're doing. Follow the steps. Look in the records. Go to uh, the National Archives and even pay attention to the Slave Dwelling Project. Also remember, everyone, to listen to the African Roots Podcast with Angela Walton Raji on tomorrow and Nurturing Our Roots with Antoinette Harrell on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Thank you so much for joining Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and I look forward to you joining me next week. Thank you very much. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.